With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon, live from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO with you here until noon. Coming up in about 20 minutes, we'll uh, hopefully catch up with Dylan Mons, Ames Tribune, as he finishes up uh, his one-on-one with Iowa State head coach Matt Campbell. We'll give you a chance to win some barbecue. We'll use the four in-state basketball teams uh, and their point spreads, and then the uh, tiebreaker will be total points uh, in the NBA All-Star Game this weekend. Closest without going over on that one. But right now, let's get Tom Cakert in here. We talk Hawks with Tom Cakert, HawkeyeReport.com. Uh, Tom uh, Trent Ken, thanks for coming on, Tom Cakert. How are you? I'm doing terrific. Hope you guys are doing well. Doing just fine. Anxious to see a little football, a little recruiting, first of all, if you'll allow us. Um, anxious sure. to see maybe the two 2021 uh, top two players in the state, and I'm pretty sure they're both 21. Sure they are. Uh, the tight end uh, from uh, Fedoni. From Council Bluffs. From yeah. Council Bluffs. And then, of course, uh, TJ Bowlers, both now amongst their multiple offers, uh, include an offer for both of them from Alabama. Uh, these two kids are blowing up, Tom. Yeah, they are. And it's interesting that Bama, it, you know, they haven't been up to the state of Iowa really since probably uh, Pierce Walker. Walker. Yep. Uh, you know, I would think. Uh, and they're poking their head up this way and uh, just makes it more challenging thought it was interesting iowa offered a, a tight end uh, out east yesterday and uh in that class so mm. um just you know i i, I think they realized that it's going to be tougher uh and you know with bowlers you know part of the issue uh from what i understand and just, you know what the, the kid has said is he kind of is more interested in being kind of one of those like the Wisconsin edge rush linebacker playing more like a three four, I was not going to change their their uh, structure. They're just <laughs> they're they're going to be who they are and uh, play the the traditional four three. So you're going to be hand on the ground instead of you know uh, hand not on the ground in that that four three or three four as an outside backer. So pull out your crystal ball here with bowlers and with Fedoni and what. Both those guys, where they're going to end up here as you look at it on February 14th? Um, wild guess. I, you know, before the Bama offer, I would have kind of maybe leaned a little bit towards Wisconsin for for bowlers. Fedoni, okay. um, uh, I don't I don't know. Uh, he's been kind of cagey, and, and there's some talk. Maybe he was a Nebraska fan growing up. Right. Well, that's what Sipple, Tom, let me interrupt yeah. you for a second, because we, we had Sipple 
Oh, a couple of weeks ago. Before, before, the, the, yeah, before the Nebraska game. And he was mentioning this kid from Council Bluffs in the state of Iowa and his parents. And he was a Nebraska fan. And Trent and I, I mean, Trent and he might have heard of him. I hadn't. I, I saw the kids, uh, the video that you retweeted from rivals uh, of him at some camp. And my God, talk about man amongst boys. But just, uh, you know, before you get back to your point, Sip says he is the primary focus of Frost for this class is they want Fedoni big time. Yeah, here's the thing. I think Iowa has a better shot at him because than, yeah, than probably Bowlers and Bowlers is a former uh, son of a former Iowa player. But I think they have a better shot just because of what they have done with tight end, right? The success that they have had. I mean, if you're a tight end, why wouldn't you right. come to Iowa? Exactly. Uh, I mean, they have just proven. I mean, beyond a shadow of a doubt, in my mind, uh, when you look at you know the, what George Kittle, who's the you know, arguably, you know, you hear Kelsey, best tight end in Jay Kittle. Uh, the NFL, and and then you had two first-round picks. Mm-hmm. I and mean, you just, you know, like, they're going to get the ball to the tight end, and you don't have to worry about just being a blocker. So uh, I, I would think that that's going to resonate a little bit with him. It, having said that, it's going to be an uphill slog. It really is. So, Tom, this uh, class of 2021 in the state of Iowa is good. Probably as has ever been in terms of not just the sheer numbers, but then these high high caliber players that we're talking about. I was already got a few verbal commitments out of this class, but as you dig into it, Brody Brecht, a kid just up the road from us, up in Ankeny, going to Ankeny High. A few others out there. The depth is incredible with this class. Who are some of the other targets you're expecting Iowa to go deep on? Um, Brecht would be one of them. I mean, they've already got. Uh, you know, I was going to pull this up because there's just so many kids uh, that that uh, that you go through. But um, you know, they've already got several commits in the class, so they're doing really well. Uh, I, I think just on the surface so far, and they're going to get the 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 lion's share of uh, of guys. You know, they've already got Colby. They've they've got uh, Griffin Little. Uh, you know, uh, they've got Jeff Bowie. Uh, already on on board, uh, Harold, a kid from Urbandale, who's on board. Uh, I just uh, the thing, uh, you know, Zach Zach Tweed, the kid from uh, from Story City, is also on board. So, you know, Cooper Cooper DeJohn is going to be a guy to watch. I think uh, you know he's kind of blown up a little bit. Um, and then Brody Brecht, obviously, is another. A skill position kid. The Iowa just doesn't produce a ton of mm-hmm. the skill position guys, so uh, I would I would put him probably at the top of Iowa's in-state wish list right now. Tom Kaker at HawkeyeReport.com. Well, can uh, Fran McCaffrey uh, add to his roster at this point, Tom, as it continues to get depleted? I know the answer is no, obviously. But, um, look, <laughs> C.J. Frederick, Tom, I don't know when we'll know anything definitively, but, you know, you hear, you heard or saw the press conference maybe on Big Ten Network or read about it, seen it, and it doesn't sound positive. I think that I'm paraphrasing. doesn't doesn't look good or something was McCaffrey's answer last night. It's a high ankle sprain. Uh, really defends the three well. He can shoot the three as well. Uh, this is a blow. Yeah, um, the, the, as with the last time when he had the stress reaction, I think my comment was uh, the margin for error is is uh, uh, gone and probably uh, well beyond gone mm-hmm. uh, if you lose C.J. Frederick for a period of time. However, you know the thing I pointed out uh, this morning to a few people is we have seen this Iowa team now, granted, small 
sample size, but we have seen them uh, play without C.J. Frederick and in this kind of what they're going to have moving forward. And uh, the it was pretty pretty wild uh, contrast. The Nebraska game at Nebraska, which you know, other than the Purdue game, probably the worst game that they played. Maybe you could argue that the Paul game was worse, but mm-hmm. um, you know, one of their worst games of the year, given that Nebraska is bad um, and, and losing there, and then they come back and play probably you, know, you could argue their best game of the year when they beat Maryland and held the Terps, who are. Yeah, I think probably the betting favorite right now to win the Big Ten this year, and they held them 49 points and beat them comfortably. So uh, they they're just going to need to figure out how to get contributions from from people beyond uh, Luca Garza and Joey's camp and and give them some sort of scoring punch, and that's going to fall on Connor McCaffrey, Joe Toussaint, uh, you know Ryan Creener, uh, Bakari Evelyn, uh, they're going to have to find somebody that can put the ball in the bucket. And, uh, and they're also, you know, defensively on the road. Uh, I think Mike Halas had the, the stat last night. They're in conference games. They're giving up 90 a game on the road, which is just not good. And, uh, um, they're going to have to fix that. Reminded me of a couple of the Dr. Tom teams that really struggled defensively on the road. Tom Caker joining us, HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, uh, with that, you mentioned a couple of those guys that need to step up, and to me, it's a couple of seniors. These are not star players. These are not all Big Ten performers, but the light bulb a lot of time comes on late for these guys. Ryan Creener, Bakari Evelyn, is that maybe out of that group of four that you mentioned the most hopeful that maybe they'll all figure it out, they'll understand that this is the end of time for them, and they'll get even better performances. Yeah, and um, just seeing some quotes from Creener after the game, I think he's maybe the guy to watch because he's probably, out of that group, the most capable yeah. uh, of being kind of giving them a lift on the, the scoring side of things. I can't remember the last time he hit a three, but you know he's shown that he is capable of of giving them something from three point land. So um, you know maybe he could help them uh, in, in that area and help them in offensively. He's going to certainly get the start uh, when they play Sunday up uh, up against the Gophers. Uh, and you know to make matters worse for Iowa, uh, it's a short turnaround for the Gulf game. You know they're playing Sunday at noon, so. Basically, they get back last night, licking their wounds, get to practice today, and then tomorrow afternoon they're on a plane. Mm. And uh, there's just and you know Luca played 40 minutes, Luis Camp played 38, and they have a lot of guys logging a lot of minutes. Uh, and you know their legs are probably going to be a little shot. So it, it it was a bad spot going into it. The only positive I think is um, you know they'll get an extra body back with Cordell. Uh, and, uh, you know, maybe Cordell can come around. I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I'm probably the last guy on the, on the Cordell pencil train and <laughs> hoping that things go well, just cause I like him personally and have known him for such a long time. Uh, but you know, maybe this is the thing that shocks the system a little bit for him and he gets back to playing as an effective player. Cause we saw it, we've seen it from him, you know, that Iowa state game a couple of years ago where he was, you know, one of the difference in the game, I think, mm-hmm. and really gave Iowa some energy. So maybe he can do that for him. Can I make it even? It matters even worse. Minnesota has not played since last Saturday. They've they've been off the entire week. How about that? 
Maybe they're rusty. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> so, guys, go back to December, and this was a 20-point win for the Hawkeyes. I mean, they, they um, Minnesota, who's a pretty decent team in the Big Ten, Aturo was terrific, but he had no help that day for the most part. Uh, Carr was awful in that basketball game. I don't have the stats in front of me, but he was terrible, I remember. But Aturo, I remember, was really good. But it was a blowout, Tom. Yeah, it was a, a twenty point win, and you're you're right. Um, uh, I, I just pulled up the the stats. Yeah, so do I. One, of, one 10 of ten, of, one of ten, and all of four from three, and he played wow. thirty nine minutes, and he was. Uh, I mean, he did only he did have seven assists and one turnover, so he was good in that area. Mm-hmm. But boy, he just and and Kalsher was was awful oh, that game. Oh. 0 of ten from the field, oh of eight I from three. I forgot about that. So when you're starting backcourt. Your starting backcourt goes uh, 0 for 12. You're not from three. You're not going to win many games. So, um, and they only got the, the grand total of two points from, from mm. those guys. Uh, I would expect a, a, a different uh, uh, look from those guys in uh, in the game up there. But yeah, that Iowa really did a good job uh, against those guys, and they were just ice cold in that game. And you can't forget going up to the barn. The Charles Bugs factor, of course, uh, for people that forget <laughs> yes. about Charles Bugs, he was one of the worst players in the Big Ten, except <laughs> Not that night against the Iowa Hawkeyes. So, who's going to get the Charles Bugs Memorial Trophy for the Gophers this weekend? Uh, well, for probably somebody like Michael Hurt. Hurt, or, yeah, uh, yep, that's a good one. <laughs> or or uh, Peyton Wills, somebody uh-huh. like that. They're just going to go, you know, they're going to go off and and have a this crazy game that. Nobody sees coming that that just ends up killing Iowa. That's just kind of the the thing with Iowa uh, over the years is these rando guys. Mm-hmm. Just kind of, you know, you knew the minute uh, Green started hitting those three last night. Well, his night. Here, here's the guy that's having the career game. Yeah. I think I found him. I found him. Who Tra- is it? He's a freshman, Trey Williams. He's shooting 27 percent from three, including 22 percent. In Big Ten play, oh, he's due. Here he comes, yeah. Trey Williams. He'll have six three pointers. Yeah, he's the guy. Eighteen to career <laughs> high, twenty two. Uh, hey, Tom. Last thing, back to football for a minute. Just uh, your take on Michigan State that it'll see Iowa the first week of the month of October. Um, just on how it all went down, etc. I mean, Colorado, the the entire state. I mean, it was, it was the front page headline, top of the fold in the uh, in the Denver Post, and I guess he's fired all. Uh, of D'Antonio's staff. It's going to be all new guys, all coming with him from Colorado. Can't blame him. He doubled his salary. The coaching, the assistant coaches, uh, pool, financial pool, money pool is twice as big as it was in Colorado. I get it. Uh, I do understand the higher feel bad for Colorado, but your thoughts? Yeah. Um, you know, as a Chicago Bears fan, if you're an Iowa fan, you're probably happy because I, I saw his defenses <laughs> and they weren't good so um i guess from that perspective you feel good about it. but that's probably as good a hire as they were going to yeah. make um you know once uh once luke fickle turned him down it's just uh, the thing i feel bad for is those kids from colorado mm-hmm. that um you know especially the kids that signed especially the guys that signed you know like a week ago and now and the coach says i'm going to be here i'm going to be here and he you know, coaches should never put out statements that I'm going to be here because it just, it's a bad look because they end up not being there. And, um, 
I understand why they do it, but you know, didn't they learn from Nick Saban when he apparently not the Dolphins and swore up and down, "I'm not going to be in Tuscaloosa," and then he's in Tuscaloosa a week later. Happens more often than I think the people realize. Tom Caker joining us here. Tom, final thing. Speaking of football, Big Ten football, Iowa spring practice. Do you have the dates when it's uh, all set up, when it's going to be running through? And, of course, uh, big storyline, the quarterback, Spencer Petras, more than likely taking over. But do you have the official dates yet? They haven't set it, but uh, spring break for Iowa is like the, the runs for like the, the week of the 16th to the 20th. So I think they'll start spring practice probably the 25th, somewhere around there, uh, of March. And then, you know, I'm sure it's going to end up, uh, I would guess, probably April 18th or 25th. We'll have a a spring thing, unless they do it on a Friday again. Mm. See if they, you know, dink around with it a little bit and do it on the 24th or something. But that that is my guess, is that sometime in that, it'll be in that time frame that uh, maybe it'll be the 17th. We'll see. Stretch um, it out. Yes. Yeah, they'll they'll get going. I, I'm anxious to see, uh, you know, Petrus and and get to get a look at him, uh, kind of running the show now. Mm-hmm. Yes, in control. He's the guy. Tom, uh, with that, do we had the open practice for what six straight years? I think over here at West Des Moines Valley, last couple of years they have gone over and had kind of a kids' practice where the coaching staff comes over and a few of the players make their way over. Have you heard anything on that end, too, anything Central Iowa? It feels like that open practice, though, over at Valley Stadium, that's off the board, right? It's done. Yeah, it's done. I think Kirk even mentioned that they weren't going to be doing it anymore, but they would do something over there as far as a camp and do some some sort of thing. But, yeah, I think logistically it just got to be a bit of a headache for them, and and so they've decided not to do it. I liked it because it got us into another practice right. but uh, and got us a chance to, you know, look at guys in action. As it is now, we're probably, you know, going to get a, a little sneak peek at some point, uh, you know, for 20 minutes, and then we'll get the spring game, and that'll be about it. Uh, Tom, great stuff. Thank you, as always. We'll talk to you in a week's time. Appreciate it, Tom Cakert. Okay, thanks, guys. Thank you, Tom Cakert. HawkeyeReport.com, Hawkeye Reports, where you can follow Tom on Twitter, at Hawkeye Report. Time to help pay your bills with iHeartRadio, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Uh, text the keyword TAXI to 200-200 right now. It's your chance to win $1,000. TAXI! to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. All right, from the Hawkeyes to the Cyclones, assuming Dylan Montz is wrapped up with Matt Campbell, he will join Trent and I next week. Take you until noon. Claxon's Barbecue in about 20 minutes. Give you a chance to win some of the great BBQ from our friends at Claxon's Barbecue in Altoona. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and now in one of states or situations. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Doesn't look as though we're going to get Dylan Montz today as... 
I uh, write the voicemail, so I assume he's still speaking with uh, Coach Campbell. Is one on one. Dylan was on vacation last week, that's why they put it back for him. So the Ames Tribune should have a a good piece coming up in the uh, paper here or online uh, when Dylan is done. But uh, we'll reschedule him. But there is some breaking news, and uh, Tommy Birch, a Birch bomb, a Birch bomb. I love Birch bombs. I love Birch bombs. I've had a couple of Vegas bombs with Birch, but that's a have different you? kind of bomb. Well, this one is a legitimate one. It's a baseball. One is a local kid, uh, Hoover's Jeremy Hellickson, is retiring uh, from the uh, from the game of baseball. Age, uh, he's almost thirty three. Be thirty three in April. All right. Uh, finishes seventy six and seventy five. Now he would have got a World Series ring. He did with Washington, mm-hmm. uh, and good for him. I'm looking at the, his uh, his page on uh, BaseballReference.com. Are you there? Have you looked at it? I have. Oh, so did you look how much money he's made? That, that's one of the first places that I went. <laughs> I was going to have you guess. Uh, $35 million. Yeah, not, uh, not well, a bad Well, to gig. be precise, $34,910,000. So, yeah, good for him, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, had, did you see him pitch at Hoover? I did not know that. That was before my time calling high school games. And, yep. Yeah, never saw his high school career. Of course, heard... Plenty of the stories about oh, just how imagine? good he was. Oh my god, just a completely different level, and uh, yeah, it's fun career. You know, absolutely. A guy that, he was really good in Tampa, Trent. Yes. The, the beginning of his career, I thought, wow, this kid's going to. Well, yeah, he pitched a long time mm-hmm. uh, at the at the uh, at the end, but uh, boy, in Tampa, he was off to a terrific start, no he, doubt. Rookie of the Year award, his rookie year goes uh, thirteen and ten that season. Hmm. ERA at, uh, what was, where is that ERA that I'm looking for? But he, yeah, you're right. He was good. Got off to a really good start. Never was an overpowering guy. He's not a guy that was pumping up there in the mid 90s, anything mm-hmm. like that. So but. where did he go? He pitched in Philly, yes. uh, Washington. Had a Baltimore Tampa. stop in between. Did he have a stop in Baltimore? Yeah. Was that the year he signed late in the year, maybe? Yeah, and really struggled that year. Had an ERA almost seven when he was with Baltimore. So. Good career. Yes, Nice absolutely. career, and uh, we'll see. Is he going to – I know he has a home here. At least he's, well, he's here building the one or something. Is, didn't I see that in maybe the paper or one of the TV so stations? So is he going back to the alma mater, going to help out with that baseball program? Well, uh, this will surprise you. He's in the Hoover Hall of Fame. <laughs> it's not a shock. <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, he just might have been back there recently too. Well, uh, all kidding. I'm not. We're not kidding. But good for Jeremy Hellickson. Uh, nice career. World Series ring to end it. He made a few starts. I don't know if he was on the postseason roster or not. Uh, but um, nonetheless, that was his final stop with the Natties and Hoover's. Jeremy Hellickson is calling it a career. All right, so Dylan Montz is uh, calling it a story. He's done with uh, with Matt Campbell. One more quick uh, Hellickson note. Tony Adzeni checking in. Played third base his whole senior year. Had he arm, played third Had base? arm issues, so didn't pitch during his senior year, but did uh, go on and pitch for a Team USA team. But thanks to Tony, Tony. for uh, helping us out, who was doing plenty of high school work at and that And now time. is uh, doing the, uh, the, the, Wolves. the the T-Wolves, right? The yes. Iowa Wolves. Uh, the uh, color, along with uh, John McDermott. Let's get Dylan Monson here. His one-on-one with Matt Campbell is over. Uh, thanks for coming on, Dylan. Appreciate it. Uh, so uh, d- break some news. What came out of your one-on-one with Matt Campbell? Biggest takeaway. Yeah, yeah, guys, thanks for reserving some time for me here. Sure, thank for you. The, for the delay. But um, I, I guess one of the bigger things is the shifting schedule in spring ball that they're going to have. So uh, a bearer of bad news a little bit, but they're not going to start until the Tuesday after spring break. So it's going to be about mid-March before they really get rolling. And a lot of that is due to 
Dave Andrews coming in with the strength and conditioning program and really implementing his system and routine um, just to kind of get guys ready um, for, for the shifted timeline a little bit. So they're, they're doing some different things this offseason that um, Matt Campbell obviously hopes um, will we'll kind of um, pay dividends or, or, or see see on on field results once they get to the year. So uh, that's probably one of the bigger things is just the, those changes. Like it. I do too. Stretch it out as long as we can. Yeah, I mean, can we have a summer practice in June and July that you guys at least are able to get a little info for? I'm all about that. That's that's good news at least on my side of things. Dylan Moss joining us talking with Matt Campbell earlier this morning. So, uh Coach Campbell, upbeat at this time. You know, it's such an odd time and you mentioned the strength and conditioning angle. That's the guy that is hanging out with these players the most. Mm-hmm. It's They can work with them more, but a lot of times it's kind of out of sight, out of mind for the actual football coaches as opposed to that strength and conditioning staff. Yeah, I think that's probably one of the, the biggest things that people don't necessarily talk about a ton is you know, they think of the head coach or position coaches being with those guys 12 months a year. Uh, not really the case, and, and that's not to say that the coaches aren't around um, as resources, but they're not hands-on with those guys like the strength and conditioning program is. So I think that's probably, um, you know, one of the biggest reasons for making the change in the first place is to try to see if you can pull some different things out of the program once you get to the season through what they do in the strength and conditioning program. And, and um, yeah, Matt Campbell described it to me as kind of, um, marrying the football team and, and those coaches with the strength and conditioning program instead of having two entities it's it's all kind of one and interconnected now and that's not to mention the nutrition program that they've uh, started to implement over the last few years but um, yeah, it sounds like in, in the first few weeks they're starting to see a, a few of the, the, the baby steps or the small results that they want whether that's offensive linemen coming in and, mm-hmm. and getting tailored to what they want from that position or um, you know, whether it's uh, the quarterbacks, uh, you know, Aiden Bauman coming in and, and seeing some things there. He's going to be an important piece to the team, obviously, with Real Mitchell leaving is potentially the backup. So uh, there's a lot of different pieces, I think, that come with it. And, um, you know, th- those guys are around them all the time. So it's uh, important to, to kind of get them rolling early and and, and kind of uh, springboard them in the uh, spring practices. What uh, did you get into any position groups as to you know what concerns him maybe more than the others? Like he lost a lot on the defensive line, but he's got a lot coming back. I mean, most years you lose a Lima and a Jamal Johnson, and Matt Leo played. Uh, you know, he played uh, his fair share of uh, uh, of plays as well. You'd think, boy, it's going to be tough to recover from that. But there's a lot of depth behind there defensively. What does the uh, not keep him up at night, but what do you think concerns him maybe? Yeah, I think there's probably a few things with the defensive line, and they did get uh, a, a piece in the last recruiting class with Latrell Bankston who can come in and play right. the middle. Uh, he did it at Hutch for a couple years and was the junior college defensive player of the year this past year. So he, he's going to be an important piece. They need him to step in right away and, and be effective. They need to find a way um, you know, to replace Marcel Spears, obviously, um, playing on the boundary. Um, you know, he was kind of uh, a consistent piece the last few years with that defense. So finding a guy that, that suits uh, suits that spot well. And then it's just continuing to, to kind of groom the safeties a little bit and, and hoping that Greg Eisworth is healthy uh, next year. Obviously, he dealt a lot with his shoulder uh, the past year, but some names back there. Um, you know, DJ Miller played in uh, 12 or 13 games last year. Aishin Young, who redshirted last year, is a kid that can come in and I think uh, really make an impact. Um, you know, they have the cornerbacks in Tavon Kyle and Anthony Johnson and Daytron Young 
think all those guys are obviously uh, foundational pieces. So I think, uh, you know, other than a spot there, I think, um, you know, they feel good about what they have. And now it's just kind of making minor tweaks maybe to uh, what the scheme is, what the system is, and, and what they hope to accomplish. So there is some roster news uh, happening this week after we heard a couple weeks back that Braden Arvison's going to move on, grad mm-hmm. transfer or transferring, excuse me, and he'll be, uh, in fact, he ended up at San Diego. Good destination there to finish your collegiate career. But Alex Probert, a kid that originally went to high school in Minnesota, Minnesota kid, was kicking at Liberty. He's coming in and not just coming into campus, but he'll be the second scholarship kicker uh, on there along with Connor Asali this season. Yeah, I think that's probably the one of the more interesting pieces is that he'll be on scholarship as well. But uh, had a pretty good season at Liberty last year. I think he was 13 and 19 on field goals and uh, 50 of 53, I believe, on extra points. Um, he missed uh, the 2018 season all but four games um, due to an injury, so he redshirted that year and is going to be able to step in right away uh, and compete in 2020 with one with just that season left. Um, but it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what direction they go with him. I think he'll be the odds-on favorite to be their kickoff man. Mm-hmm. He had a, a good touchback percentage um, this past year as a redshirt junior. But I think um, you know it doesn't hurt to have him push Connor Sally to be the, the place kicker as well on field goals and PA. He's having guys you know that can maybe pull the best out of one another or make each other better or you know apply a little bit of pressure and it never hurts so uh, i i would expect him to be on the field in some capacity and if not you know be the guy all around uh, in 2020 so another thing to watch when spring rolls around uh real quick to basketball dylan for a couple of minutes with it this game tomorrow feels like a winnable game for iowa state and you know, I get it's a different team without Halliburton, obviously, but I thought they showed some spark at least for, you know, 25 or 30 minutes of the game before it kind of got away from him the other night in Norman. But Texas is coming on in. There's no Jericho Sims. Uh, Iowa State, I thought, was every bit as good. I mean, they lost by four, but seemingly, you know, they shot, Iowa State shot themselves in the foot in the final few minutes of that basketball game as we think back. So this is a winnable game. Um, not a lot of them seemingly left on the schedule. But, you know, this has a chance to uh, for the folks to be leaving Hilton tomorrow feeling pretty good about what they saw. Yeah, it's an opponent that's at least within striking distance of Iowa State in the standings and in terms of um, what they've been able to show this year. Obviously, uh, no Jericho Sims is big news. Um, you know, and now for Iowa State, if, if you want to call it a silver lining, the, the thing is they've now played a game without Tyrese Halberton where they know they've known going in to the game that they're not going to have him, and now they're coming off the game knowing uh, he's not going to be there as well. So guys can um, maybe feel a little bit more comfortable in roles, whether that's uh, Rashir Bolden having the ball in his hands a little bit more or Prentice Nixon having a little bit of an expanded role again after uh, going to the bench and re-entering the starting lineup. Um, the bigs maybe know how to react to the guards a little bit better, know when to flash up forward for uh, pick-and-roll situations. Um, Trey Jackson and Caleb Grill are obviously getting more run as well. So uh, I think, um, you know, despite the immense struggles they've had this year, I think there there can be a silver lining at the end of the season in terms of getting those guys more experience so you can rebound a little bit next year and, 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 and push back a little bit. And, and it could start Saturday um, against Texas just having – one of those uh, feel-good type of games in a comfortable environment and um, kind of knowing um, a little bit better about what roles are going to be. Cool. Type out your story, Dylan Monch. Thanks for giving us a few minutes. Appreciate it.
Yeah, thank you, guys. Take care. Good to talk to you. Dylan Montz, Ains Tribune, good newspaper segment there. A birch bomb to start it on yes. the Jeremy Hellickson retirement news. Rookie of the year. We're going old school the last couple of days. The newspapers, we talked a lot of baseball yesterday with the Strohs. Well, you're working with an old dude. You remember oh, that, right? I'm old myself. <laughs> Feeling yeah. it every day. Right. Uh, cry me a river. <laughs> <laughs> we will uh, do this. We're going to take the first four callers right now. How about that? 284 Let me unbusy the phone lines. The first four callers as of now. Uh, we'll give you a chance to win some barbecue from our friends at Claxon's. Claxon's Barbecue in Altoona, 3131 8th Street Southwest in Altoona. Claxonbbq.com. If you're getting a ring... That means you're in, provided you haven't won anything in the last 30 days. So if you're getting a ring, stay there. We will get to you. If you're getting a busy tone, you're going to have to, uh, well, try again next week. Claxon's Barbecue next. Miller and Condon till noon, 1460 KXNO, and now on 106. Here, 1460KXNO, 106.3 FM, Claxton's Barbecue in Altoona, 3131 8th Street Southwest in Altoona. You know how you can tell a restaurant's good? Well, they've been in business for approaching 25 years. How about that? Doing barbecue and doing it right now, too, in a Claxton's Smokehouse and Grill in Altoona. We are going to give Tyler, Kevin, Derek, and Steve four games. They'll give us four answers and a tiebreaker. Whoever gets the most right will get $35 worth of Claxons. The runner-up, 25 Uh Tyler goes first. Tyler, welcome to the program. How are you? Good. How are you guys? Doing well, thank you. Iowa State, tick em, uh, uh, Iowa State, Iowa State, Texas in a pick em. Uh Who do you want in that one? Um, I'll take Texas. Taking Texas. The Panthers are on the road at Loyola, but you and I is a point-and-a-half favorite. Uh, Loyola. Minnesota's at home. They give two-and-a-half points to the Hawks. Um, it, it's panic time. Give me a little dick, whatever the spread is. Minnesota, whatever the spread is, two-and-a-half, all right? Uh, Drake's at home. Evansville is yet to win a game in the Valley. Drake is a ten-and-a-half-point favorite. Um. Drake, please. And the tiebreaker, Tyler, is total points in the NBA All-Star Game, closest without going over. 295. Thanks, Tyler. Thank you. You have a great weekend. Kevin is up next. Kevin, how's things? Good. How are you guys? Doing well. Thank you very much, Kevin. All right, Texas-Iowa State. Who do you want in that one? Texas. Loyola gets a point and a half from the Panthers. Loyola's home. You and I. Iowa gets two and a half from Minnesota. The game is up north. I hate to say this, but I'm going to take Minnesota. All right. Second one is going down that road. Drake is a big favorite. Ten and a half over Windlist in the Valley, Evansville. Drake. And uh, a tiebreaker closest without going over, Kevin. Total points in the All-Star game Sunday. 273. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate it. Have a good weekend. Derek is with Miller and Condon. Hi, Derek. How you doing, fellas? Great show. Thank you very much, Derek. Texas, Iowa State. Who do you take in that one? Iowa State. Loyola gets a point and a half from the Panthers at home tomorrow night. Loyola. Minnesota gives two and a half to Iowa. 
Well, just to be different from everybody else, I'm going to take the Hawks. Taking the Hawks. Drake is a big favorite. Ten and a half over Evansville? Drake. And total points in the All-Star game. Closest without going over, Derek? 274. 274. Thank you. Thank you. And have a good weekend. And Steve brings Claxons to a close for another week. Hey, Steve. Hey, how you doing? Doing well. Texas or Iowa State? We're going to go Iowa State. Uh, you and I is on the road. They're a point and a half favorite over Loyola. I got to play with you and I. I need, oh. need that win. Yes, it's a big spot. No doubt about that. Minnesota gives two and a half to the visiting Hawks. Uh, don't like the Hawks on the road, so we're, yeah, we're going Minnesota. Gophers for you. Drake's at home. Give ten, ten and a half to Evansville. I'll take Evansville plus all those points. Grab it's a handful of points. I'm with you there. All right, total points in the All-Star game. Closest without going over, Steve. I'll go um, 263. 263. Have a good weekend. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you to Steve. Thank you to Claxons. And thank you for all uh, of our participants today. Trent and I, fortunate enough to play this game with our audience each and every Friday. Claxons Barbecue, 3131 8th Street Southwest in Altoona. So, before we get your... Do we want to do that? It's been awful. I'm on a historical streak. Six in a row you've lost, right? Six straight days that I've handed out picks, including winless this week. I was on fire. I, yes. I, last week it was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday hit. You I, came win one day, Trent, and you told me, you showed me your William Hill, uh, app and you went 10 and 1, right? 10, 1 and 1. 10, 1 and on 1. On Wednesday, a week ago Wednesday, yeah. I went 10, 1 and 1. I mean, I went bounced in my steps. Since. And since then, it has been a slog. It's the way it goes, dude. It, it, it's gambling. Isn't gambling fun? I, I was having this conversation with Williams. He was telling me about a hot streak he had one time in spring training baseball. He's sick. He's yeah. betting spring training baseball. He went like twenty-seven and six well, over the first couple of weeks, and I said, "Okay, what'd you do with that money?" Kept it in the account. Uh-oh. And then what happened later? Uh-huh. I started to increase those bets later in spring training, and it went right back. That's gambling. This Again, is easy. This is what I tell most everybody: use it as entertainment. You're going to have those streaks where it looks well, easy. What do you call it? I love the, your term for this. It is an entertainment tax. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. An NBA game, you throw an extra five, ten bucks on it to keep you entertained mm-hmm. a little bit more. Maybe you win, more than likely you'll lose, and certainly over long term you're going to be. But this is not a, a money-making system. This is not. There's a reason the casinos and the operators and the algorithm algorithms that they have are in place. They know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Have fun with it. Entertain yourself, but don't look at it as a way that you're going to have a little side gig. Go drive an Uber if you're looking for some side <laughs> Are you going to play? Do you have a play this weekend? Well, of course I got a play. Uh-huh. I got a ton Do you want to give it out? or? Well, yeah. Let, okay. Let's see if we can go winless for the week. My favorite play of the week. Boy, I love Loyola getting a point and a half. Do you? You think they pick off the Panthers? I, I really do. Well, you had Indiana last night pretty confidently, but I that did. wasn't your play. That, that you wasn't my up. official play. Right. I went to the Sun Belt instead of what I actually did. Good thinking. With the Iowa. And. I wonder what that Iowa-Minnesota points were, because we're going to find out more than likely. See yeah, if these, out. these you made uh, with the Sagarin numbers, right? Ken Palm. Ken, right? Oh, yeah. Ken Sagarin, Ken Palm. Yeah. Right. What do you think that line, Cedar Frederick's out? Probably going to go up. and a half? It's going to go up. I'm with you. Six and a half, Gophers favored? Probably something in that vein, I would guess at the very least. I did the same thing with the Iowa State-Texas line. Iowa State's actually favored at Ken Palm by two, mm-hmm. but that includes Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah. Iowa State can win tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, I think they can. Texas isn't very good. That's a good point. Right? 
They're really limited offensively. And there's not a lot of I mean, there's not a lot of schedule left, and there's not a lot of opportunities. The home crowd's going to leave feeling pretty good about what they saw. I think tomorrow could be different. So the doggies look. Here's where here's where I'm worried about Drake. You don't want to be the first term, first team in conference to lose to Evansville. Right. I don't think they will. I no, don't think they this, will. Evansville's really bad. They beat Kentucky. Yeah, and Drake had a really bad outing earlier this week, which is why I think they get back on the right track this weekend. And they need it because to stay out of that play-in round, right now they are tied for the sixth spot with Mo State and Valpo. Mo State just got them. Mm -hmm. you got to pile up these wins. You cannot afford... You want to stay away from those games. You cannot afford a loss to Evansville because nobody else has one. All right, so the four in-state teams go what this week? And we get back here on Monday. We're talking about two and two, three and one, one and three. One and three. One and three. The doggies are the only one that gets it done. The Bulldogs carry the weekend. Good Iowa State. I'm not giving up on the Hawks either. Homer over there. Scary. The state of Iowa. Homer Ken Miller. I picked the Gophers to win the Big Ten in football. How'd that work out? Well, pretty good for a while. (laughs) Got to run for my money. All right, Murph and Andy will be in here at two. Then the Fanatics at four. Morning Rush will start things off on Monday. Have a wonderful weekend. Miller and Condon, appreciate you listening to us. 1460 KXNO and 106.